Yes, he's worthy to be praised on this morning. How many realize that and believe that on this morning? I don't want no rock crying out for me. He's been too good. Hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord in this place on today. Amen. We thank him that he's given us the opportunity to come into the house of God one more time. Amen. How many happy about being in the house of the Lord on today? Amen. Just turn around and look at your neighbor. Just say, I'm glad to see you in the house on today. Glad to see you in the house, in the house of the Lord. Amen. On today. Amen. Amen. Let's give our awesome praise team a hand clap on today. We thank God for them. Thank God for our band. Amen. All those that are serving here at Faith, we salute you on today. We thank God. Uh, for what God is doing in and through uh, this ministry and the life of his people. Thank God for our first lady on today. Amen. Amen. Let's give Mother Rosa a hand clap on today. Amen. 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 We're honored and privileged, amen, to sit in this sacred space. Amen. Because one day her, God put a vision in her husband, my father-in-law. First Lady's father. Amen. Today is his birthday. Amen. And it's an honor, amen, to have served him. Amen. We thank God. We know that he's gone on to be with the Lord, but we thank God that his legacy lives on. Amen. Amen. You're a part of that. You're a part of that. Amen. And we bless the name of the Lord on today. Amen. I'm reminiscing of just some things that he has deposited, that he deposited in me. Amen. I know I couldn't be the man that I am, the preacher that I am, the pastor that I am without his deposit. Um, so I definitely honor that today. Amen. Amen. Let's salute our guests on today. Amen. Thank God for all of our guests. Amen. Realize that you could have been somewhere else, but you're in this sacred space. Amen. And we honor you today. And those that are returning, we definitely thank God. Uh, for you today. Uh, we celebrate those that will be watching this later. Amen. Via social media. Amen. We thank God. Amen. We thank God that we have that opportunity to be able to sow into people's lives even though they may not come into the facility. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are honored today. Just thank you for being in this sacred space. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for watching over us all week long. God, protecting us from seen and unseen danger. Thank you, God, that you loved us so much that you looked past our faults, that you saw each and every one of our needs. And we're honored today, God, just to be in this, this house on today. God, to worship you. God, to be among our inheritance, our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Father, we thank you for that. We realize that this relationship uh, is even greater than blood relationships. So we, we thank you, God, that we can enjoy you here, but also... Uh, when it's all said and done, we'll be able to enjoy you in glory. Uh, so we thank you today. God, have your way on today. God, I pray that David may decrease, that you may increase. Though I've studied, God, I pray you know what your people need. God, you know. So God, I relinquish my will and just pray that you would think through my mind and speak through my lips, Father, a revelant word that would truly impact the hearts of your people. God, that they will leave better than they came. We thank you right now for this is our prayer in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's house on this morning. Amen. Last week, we began a brand new series entitled Branching Out, Branching Out. And we began looking at the familiar story 
of the Garden of Eden. Everybody uh, knows uh, that story. We know that that's uh, uh, Sunday School 101, uh, where we learn uh, about uh, eating of the forbidden fruit. Uh, we learned about Adam uh, and Eve uh, and how sin came upon the world. Uh, but we said that this story is in the Garden of Eden exposes uh, the roots of attitudes and behaviors and beliefs uh, that need snipping uh, in order for us to truly experience the fullness of what God desires for each and every one of our lives. Because God desires us to flourish. Uh, anybody believe that? God desires us to flourish. He desires uh, for us. So we said that this series is going to be one that challenges us to be the best that we can be. I don't know about you, but I, as I said, I want to be the best uh, man. I want to be the best uh, father, the best husband, the best son, the best pastor, the best friend. Uh, I, I just want to be the best that I can be in 24. Amen? Amen. I, I, I want to be the best. Uh, 25 is coming, Lord willing, but this year I, I want to be the best. I want to position myself so that God can really do what he wants to do in and through uh, my life. Uh, we said that last week we began to talk about the importance of pruning. Uh, we said that uh, pruning is critical. Uh, in order for a flower or a tree or a shrub to flourish, there has to be some cutting. We said not only is it necessarily uh, for the beauty of the plant, but we said uh, that it's necessary in order to cut off the things that don't necessarily, that the plant no longer necessarily needs. Because there are some things that are dead that need to be cut off. There are some things that are harming the plant that need to be cut off in order for it to fulfill its true purpose. And we said that that's the same thing with each and every one of us. That as a tree or a shrub or a plant is pruned, it becomes its best. It begins to flourish. It begins to fulfill its potential by which God created it to, uh, to fulfill. And for each and every one of us, this is true in our lives too. That just as pruning is necessary for a plant, we have to understand that pruning is necessary for each and every one of us. That in our lives, there are some things that need snipping off. There are some uh, things that maybe uh, have died. There are some things that uh, may not necessarily be healthy for us. Uh, and in order for us to get the full potential out of us, to be who God calls us to be because under, we understand in his word that we have been called into his likeness. Uh, so if we want to be like Christ, uh, and I don't know about you, but I, I've not made it there yet. I, I've not arrived at that point. Do I have any witnesses in here? I'm like Paul. I'm pressing toward the mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, every day of my life I'm trying to press. Uh, every day of my life I'm looking at this flesh and find something in it uh, that ought not to be in it. I, maybe that's just me. Uh, I mean, the Bible declares that there's no good thing found in our flesh. So every day we ought to be snipping off something. We ought to be examining ourselves. We ought to analyze our life to see what's there so that we can be the best that God has called us to be. Uh, so we said, just like Adam, uh, again, and Eve, God has called us to flourish. He's called us to flourish uh, in every area of our life. God is concerned about every area of your life. And I think sometimes we don't think about, you know, God is really concerned about this area or that area. But yes, he is. He created you. He knows all about you. So he's concerned about every little thing. 
that we think is minute, he's concerned about it. So we said that he's concerned about our life. He wants us to flourish spiritually, relationally, materially, vocationally, and mentally. And this morning, I want to talk to you. I want to make the second installment in our series. And I want to talk to you this morning about relationships. Uh, because God wants us to flourish in relationships as well. Um, matter of fact, I want to talk to you specifically about broken relationships. Yeah, broken relationships. Yeah, all of us probably have experienced broken relationships. Uh, whether it's a parent or a spouse or a sibling or a co-worker, understand we've gone through some broken relationships in our life. You see on, on this plant here, there, there are relationships that are represented, relationships that often cause um, us some challenges. Uh, because, see, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, external relationships, those that are far away, they don't necessarily hurt us like those that are close to us. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. Uh, so so uh, we have to understand that. But how many know that we have a God that is able to uh, allow us to overcome anything that we may experience pertaining to broken relationships? We have a God that's a healer. He's a mender. Uh, he specializes in bringing wholeness to things. Uh, that's why I love him. Uh, so, so he can also help us bring healing and restoration to those areas or to those relationships uh, that are in our life that we particularly need. Because how many know there are some relationships that we don't need? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some relationships that we don't need. Imagine this. Imagine that you are the trunk of the tree. And imagine that these branches represent the relationships that we have. You see here, there's a relationship with the aunt, the children, the uncle, the parent, the friend, the co-worker, the spouse, and the siblings. Uh, these represent relationships that we have uh, with individuals. Uh, and we can probably attest that some relationships are more important than others. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, some, some are more important than other, or some, some are stronger than others. Some matter more than others. Maybe my relationship with my coworker doesn't matter uh, as much as my relationship with my parent. Uh, or, you know, uh, as a parent, maybe your relationship with your child uh, doesn't matter as much as your friend. Uh, all of us have particular relationships in our life that mean more to us than other ones. Uh, so I want you to think about what is the most important relationship or what is the most important branch uh, that uh, represents relationships in your life? What is it? Is it, is it the relationship uh, with your parents? Is it the relationship with your sibling or your spouse or, you know, your aunt, your cousin, uh, your coworker, your friend? What, what, what is the most important relationship? To some of us, it may be a relationship with a mentor. Uh, it may be a relationship with uh, a, a coach or a teammate. It may be relationships with different people. Uh, it, it may be, again, relationship with a coworker. But relationships, understand, bring life, uh, bring life and oxygen to the Christian. It brings life and oxygen to the Christian. So our relationship with God and others is essential. It's critical. Uh, I, I know sometimes we think that we don't need anybody, but the truth of the matter is you're going to need somebody. 
Uh, you're going to need somebody to walk with you in the journey. You're going to need somebody that you can call on. You can need a shoulder to cry on every now and then. You're going to need somebody to encourage you in the midst of what you're going through. So we all need relationships. So these relationships help bring life and oxygen to our life. So our relationship with God, again, and others are critical, but we all know that there are broken things uh, even in the best of relationships. Uh, Why can I say that? Because, again, we're broken people. Uh, None of us are perfect. Uh, none of us are perfect. Some, you know, we, we got some issues. We got some things going. You could catch us on a bad day, uh, and you'll wonder some things. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of us, uh, you know, uh, 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 there's, some, there, there's something in us that's broken that we have to work on. So our connection with God and others can be damaged and flawed. But how does it get this way? See, if, if what we, if, if, see, if we, want to flourish in our families and friends and with God, and if we want to flourish in our relationships, understand we need to be able to cut things out that are stopping these relationships from flourishing. I told you last week that we have an obligation to snip, but we also have an obligation to trust God in his snipping, Uh, because there are some things that we can't do. There are some things that we need to lean on God and let God do in our lives because he knows the potential that's in there that he wants to pull out. He knows how he wants that flower or that tree to flourish in the same way as he wants that and has a purpose and a plan for that. He has that for you and I as well, that he wants us to flourish. Yeah, he wants us to flourish. Uh, So which of your relationships is weak and neglected? Which of your relationships is frail? is withered or ready to break. How fruitful are your relationships? I've learned that when an arborist prunes a tree that they do proactive pruning. Yeah, proactive pruning. So this week is not about chopping off branches, but it's about snipping off the distractions and disruptions and disputes that hinder our relationships from flourishing like God intended it to be. Ah, yeah. See, if we're not careful, branches can be weighed down. If we're not careful, branches can uh, be susceptible to disease and infection and ultimately damage the whole plant. Become toxic to the rest of the tree. So what do you need to prune? What thing do you need to prune? Is it your past? Yeah, is it regret? Is it some hurt that you have encountered with the person? Yeah, I'm glad y'all quiet, y'all thinking. <laughs> is it some shame? Is it some disappointment? Is it some failure? Because how many know that hard relationships, hard relational wounds, yeah, they're real. They bring pain. There are things that will cause you to cry at night, things that will cause you not to eat, things that will disrupt your entire life just because the relationship is not going the way that you intended it to go. So what if we fail to prune past pains? It means damaging future fruitful relationships. Because how many know that baggage 
can be detrimental. Yeah, baggage. Anything that you've experienced that has uh, left a negative uh, impact on your life, you don't deal with it, and you carry it into another relationship. If you carry it into being involved with somebody else, understand it's going to show up at some point of time. Uh, yeah, so God wants us to be able to deal with these things so that our future relationships will be fruitful. Uh, yeah, I, I want to produce good fruit. Anybody want to produce good fruit? I, I want my relationships to be fruitful. I, I, I want them to be fruitful. So, so in the story of the Garden of Eden, we see the foundational truth that God desires our relationships to, be, to flourish. We see this. I, I talked about Genesis 2 and 7 and 8. Go, go there. We're going there uh, to start with. Look at, look at what Moses said. He says, Then the Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into him the breath, the, into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in Eden, garden in, in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Right away, we see here God's love connection with man. We see that God loves this relationship. We see that God did not have to take the time to form man. He did not have to, but, but he does that because he loves us, because he wants to have an intimate relationship with us. This shows us how, how, how God loves us. I mean, we see here that out of everything that God made, God spoke it into existence. But to man, he formed. Yeah, he put his hands in it. Yeah, which, which shows the intimacy that God wants with each and every one of us. He want to put his hands on us. Yeah, he want to put his hands in our life, in our situations, and in our circumstances. Uh, uh, so we see that God formed Adam from the dust and vivified him with uh, his divine breath. Uh, yeah, he, we are the only one he breathed breath into. Ah, the rura, the, the, the breath of life. Uh, uh, he blew, blew into us because of that intimate relationship that he desires to have with us. And just like God was intimately involved with his creation then, understand he's involved with his creation now. Yeah, I came to tell somebody this morning that God does care. Yeah, right where you are, understand, just like he cared about Adam and Eve, just like he fashioned and shaped them, just like he prepared everything for them in order for them to be fruitful, God cares about you right where you are. Yeah, in the midst of your circumstance, God cares about you. You may not have dotted every I and crossed every T. You may have done some things last week, but I'm here to tell you, God cares about you. If he woke you up this morning, clothed you in your right mind, and gave you the activities of your limbs, and you're sitting in here this morning, or you're watching us via social media, understand God cares about you. Ah, uh, yeah, and that's, that's what the enemy doesn't want you to believe, that God cares about you, that he's forgot about you. But I'm so glad uh, that he has not forgotten about me. Anybody glad that he's not forgotten about you? Uh, you're, you're alive this morning because of the Ruach breath, because of his breath, not, not anybody else's, but because he took the time uh, every morning that you wake up and take a breath, understand that's not your breath, that's his. Ah, I wish I had a witness in here. Ah, that's his breath. Ah, and he does it because he loves us. 
uh, does it because he loves us. So not only do we see God's relationship with his creation, but we see God's desire for mankind's relationship with others. See, God made relationships both vertical and horizontal. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't just want us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to have a relationship with one another. I mean, we see this in Genesis 19 and 20. Look what the text says. It says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and birds in the sky and all the wild animals. Here it is. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Can you imagine how Adam must have felt? Can you imagine God gave him the intelligence to allow all the animals to pass before him? And he names them one by one. And the text says that whatever he named them, that's what his name was. The donkey, yeah, he named the donkey, donkey. Uh, the elephant, yeah, the giraffe. Uh, can you imagine how he must have felt after he had done all that and then he looks at himself, and there was no one. I mean, he looks and says, yeah, that, 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 yeah I, I see a, 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 a gorilla has another gorilla. Yeah, the giraffe has another giraffe. Yeah, <laughs> the ox has another ox. I mean, the bird has another bird. Can you imagine him looking at that and then observing but I have no one. Mm, I could work that, but I'm not going to mess with that today. Uh, I, I, I mean, uh, he was alone and had no one. Have you ever told a lonely person not to worry because God was with them? Yeah, yeah. True for the matter that when you're lonely, you don't want to hear that. No, nah, no, nah, I, I don't want to hear that God is with me. Uh, no, no, no. How, I, I mean, even in church, we, we have to be careful when we're ministering as singles. It's important that uh, we don't get caught up telling them uh, the, the, the all too famous saying is that God, yeah, will be your husband. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, God will be your spouse. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We got to be careful not, uh, not to do that because, see, it might sound good, but God doesn't bring flowers. Uh, yeah, God doesn't open car doors. God doesn't keep you warm at night. God doesn't cut the grass. When was the last time you looked outside and saw God cutting grass? Uh, he, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. Uh, uh, I, I mean, even God himself endorses this and said, it's not good for man to have no relationships. Yeah. Other human relationships. Yeah, because, I, yeah, I know I got some animal lovers in here. Uh, yeah, I know you love cats and dogs, and, you know, I, I, I know you love uh, fish. I, I, I was thinking about this. I, I used to have, uh, I used to have, I'm sorry, I, I used to have three fish tanks. Yeah, because I love fish. I, I, I love them. I, no, let me back up. I like them. I like them. Yeah, I think we use this word love too lightly. 
Yeah, we say we love ice cream and all these other things, but truth for the matter is you, you like them real. You, you really like them. You, you don't love them. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I, I like fish. I, I, I love, I, I like saltwater tanks, you know, and I, I had three of them. My wife would tell you, my children would tell you, I, I, I just like them, but the truth of the matter is they can't talk back to me. Right. I, I mean, a dog can't talk back to you. I mean, a cat can't talk back to you. Y'all wish I had a witness. Y'all let me know if they're talking back to you. Uh, yeah, that's another sermon. Yeah, yeah. And something else we need to do for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that that's insufficient communi- community for you. So if man and God are together and man is still alone, what does that mean? I mean, how weak is our American individualist view of spirituality? See, because maybe the reason there's so much mental health crisis in our country is because too many people, yeah, are standing on branches that are about to snip. Mm. Yeah. Because relationships are essential. Let me say the right relationships are essential. Yeah, the right relationships are essential. There, there's a reason that the Bible encourages relationship or community. I mean, we see the Apostle Paul talking to the Romans in Romans 12 and 5. He says, so in Christ, we though many form one body, and each member belongs to all the other members. Yeah, look at their neighbor and say, you belong to me. Yeah, y'all don't like, I mean, yeah, yeah, come on, come on, y'all, you belong to me. Yeah, I belong to you. Yeah, we're one body. Uh, I, I mean, just like your human body, your, your, your toe belongs to your feet. Uh, your, 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 your foot belongs to your leg. Your hand belongs to your arm. I, I mean, it makes up one body. Uh, so Paul is trying to let, us, let them know and let us know it's about community. It's about us bringing ourselves together, understanding the purpose that we have in being connected to one another. Even the psalmist in Psalms 133 and 1-2, he says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. He says when we come together in community, when we come in like this setting, when we're yoked together, he said it's just like the oil that pours down uh, on the head, running down the beard uh, to, uh, of the Aaron, down to his collar, down to his skirt. It's just like the oil. Ooh. Can you imagine that? I mean, oil was critical in that day. I mean, oil was used for multiple things. So he's, he's comparing unity and community uh, with uh, uh, people being coming together uh, in order that God may show up and show out in the midst of that relationship. So God is about relationship and community. I mean, he wants us to be in community with other people. Yeah, connected to a church. Involved in a city group. Yeah, I mean, he says it's not good to be alone. Yeah, and some people have realized this. I mean, we live in a society, I don't know whether you realize it or not, but this uh, community, this 55-plus community is growing rapidly. I mean, everywhere you look seems like they're, they're establishing these communities because they understand that when people come together in community, it's vibrant. 
It helps them. It empowers them. It gives them longevity when they come together. I mean, I've seen this. Where we stay, there's a 55-year-old community that's going up. Uh, uh, Auburn Nightdale Road, I think there are two 55 communities that, 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 that are being erected. Why? Because people understand that when you bring people together, I mean, we live in a day and time where they're building all of these communities where you can shop, where you can eat where you can have fun, uh, all this together so you don't have to leave that area. Why? Because they understand the power of community. Uh, In fact, studies show communities which are inherently about relationships with others and feelings and a feeling of connectedness have a major impact on mental health. That without community, people feel isolated and lonely. I mean, even a Harvard study research gathered health records from 784 participants from all over the world and asked detailed questions about their lives at two-year intervals. And contrary to what you might think, it's not career achievement, it's not money, it's not exercise, or a health diet most consistently finding they learned about 85 years of study is positive relationships keep you happy. They keep you happier. They keep you healthier. They keep you happier. They give you longer life. So sitting in here this morning, understand you're adding life. You're adding days to your life. Uh, Sitting in the community, coming together and realizing that I need you and you need me is helping to give us longevity in life. Matter of fact, it was Julian Holt Longston with the APA, the American Psychological Association, found that social isolation and loneliness had a significant and equal effect on the risk of premature mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Hmm. Can you imagine that? How loneliness impacts a person's life. Yeah, because social connection matters for our mental and physical health. So when we talk about being a part of a church, when we're talking about being a part of a city group, it's for your spiritual and mental and physical well-being. I mean, look at what Ecclesiastes tells us. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says two, two are better than one. Yeah, two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. If either of them fall down, one can help the other one up. It says, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Yeah, you know the commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, 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 but you need somebody there. You need somebody with you that's with you because two are better than one. You need that friend. You need that spouse. You need uh, that child. You need that co-worker. You need that person to come alongside of you. I thought about this. I said, the man that was at the pool of Bethesda, I said, he made excuses. He said, I've been there 38 years. Jesus shows up. He says, I've been there 38 years and I had no one to help me get into the pool. I wonder what happened to his family. 
Where was his family? Where was his children? Where were his friends? Where were, you know, people he associated with? Where were them when he needed help? What type of uh, relationship that he had? What, what went on in the relationship that he had? No one. Woe to him that has no one. Because you're going to need somebody. You're not always going to be healthy. You're not always going to be strong. There are going to be problems, situations, circumstances that you go through in life. You're going to need somebody to hold your hand. You're going to need somebody to wipe your tear. You're going to need somebody to encourage you. I know the Bible says that David encouraged himself, but I'm here to tell you, sometime I need somebody to encourage me. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Because you're, gonna, you're not always going to feel. Yeah. Yeah, you're always going to feel that way. But look at what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. He says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you're doing. Yeah, so encouragement means to feel one with courage. So all of us, you know, we, we, we got enough discouragers. <laughs> yeah, you, you got enough people criticizing. Yeah, I, I need somebody that's going to celebrate me. Yeah, I don't need nobody going to tolerate me. No, no, no. I need somebody that's going to celebrate me. I need somebody uh, that's going to clap for me every now and then. I need somebody uh, that's going to smile at me. I need somebody that's going to encourage me in the midst of whatever I'm going through. Not, 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 not saying, yeah, I, uh, yeah, okay, no, no. I need, uh, when I called you, I need you. Uh, I don't need you to tell me. You know, when you call people and then you start telling them their problems and then they start telling you their problems, I didn't call you for that. No, I called you to lift me up. Uh, I know you might be going through, but now is my moment. Uh, help me out. Encourage me. Uh, tell me it's going to be all right. <laughs> uh, uh, so God knows we need somebody other than him. So what does he do? What does God do? We see this in Genesis 2 and 21 through 24. I'm not going to read it all, but we understand uh, that God calls Adam to go into a deep sleep and he reaches inside of Adam and he pulls out a rib and here comes woman. God's solution to Adam's loneliness, loneliness state was not a donkey, was not an elephant, not a giraffe, but it was a human. It was Eve, it was another person. So God takes the rib out of him and fashions a woman and like a father, other bride brings them together. Yeah, in matrimony. Beautiful thing. So just like Adam was taken from the edema, the dirt, Eve was taken from Adam's rib. Rib is significant because in the Hebrew, rib is commonly used in a construction sense, meaning side of a building. I love what St. Saint, Saint Augustine says about this. He says something powerful. He says, Woman was not made from the head of man, for she was not created to rule over him. Nor from his feet, for she was not created to be ruled by him. But from his side, that she might be his equal. For, for from under his arm, that she might receive his protection. From near his heart, that he might be in love with her. I, I mean, so Augustine is trying to let us know that God created 
uh, something beautiful for Adam. And he created a, 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 a partner. He created someone that was his equal and so that he could have a fruitful relationship and do what God commanded to be done. Yeah, so Genesis 2 tells us that the two become one flesh. Why? Because they were already one. They were already one. God was just bringing them back together. Uh, yeah, so, so, so I, I, I love that because, you know, when people talking about, you know, I, I need somebody to complete me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm half, uh, you know, I, I, I'm half of, you know, uh, uh, I'm half of the equation. No, no, no. Uh, when you bring it together, understand it's one. You're not half, you're already whole. Uh, and God is just bringing your whole and his whole together to make one. Uh, so we see this. I mean, this was God's original plan. The picture that God gives of a marriage relationship. Gives us of a marriage, a relationship, and family is unity, wholeness, and peace. And back in 20, the, the, yeah, uh, we saw the word helper. I mean, it says, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. I think that that's critical because in our modern day, when we think about helper, you know, it sounds like, you know, Eve was supposed to just cook for Adam. Sounds like she was just supposed to clean and pick up his dirty underwear off the floor. But helper means much more. And the women said, amen. Yeah, helper means much more. The, the Hebrew word for helper, as most commonly used in the Bible, talks, is talking about God coming to help his people in battle. And best understood to mean shield or battle, battlefield ally. And someone, uh, yeah, who uh, won't leave your side but be right there in the midst of whatever you might be going through. In fact, this is the same word that is used to describe the Holy Spirit, the paracletes. He will come alongside and he will help you. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, he, he will, I don't know about anybody else, but I, I, I just like this type of helper. Uh, I like that type of helper that'll be with you in the thick and thin. I, I like that type of helper, yeah, that'll be with you in spite of whatever you might be going through. I, I like that ride or die partner, yeah, that one that'll go to war with you in the midst of whatever you're going through. And I'm so glad this morning that I got one, yeah. I, 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 I got a helper. I got somebody, yeah, that'll be with me in the thick and thin, yeah, that'll fight with me, not against me. Uh, yeah, singles, if you're looking uh, for um, single men, if you're looking for a wife, you're not looking for somebody that's going to fight against you. You're looking for somebody that's going to fight with you. You're looking for somebody that's going to be in the trenches with you in the midst of whatever you're going through. Can I get a witness in the building? Uh, so husband and wives are a team. Yeah, marriage and a relationship ought to be marked by the words of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2 and 2 through 3. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So in pruning a tree, understand timing. <laughs> yeah, timing is critical. Technique is critical. Imagine if we were in our relationships, if we value timing and technique. What if we didn't say what we wanted to say because of timing? What if we use a better technique in how we dealt with things? 
We probably wouldn't have as many broken relationships as we've had because we've taken the time to treat these relationships like they should be treated. Hmm. Yeah, Genesis 2 and 25 tells us that Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. The first marriage, the way God designed it, was between a man and a woman in a monogamous and mutual relationship. Yeah, between a man and a woman. I, I, know, I know the definition has been changed, but the way God created it from the beginning was between a man and a woman. Now, help me to understand that if God created it this way, the one that knows our end from my beginning, the one that set everything perfect, then why would we go and change something that God has established and created? Uh, I, I can really deal with that. <laughs> See, those of you who are married, do you have a relationship where you are both completely open and exposed and feel no shame? Yeah. Three minutes. Let me, let me pause right here and digress. Let, let me... See, for Christians... Sex isn't just a pleasurable recreational activity. Yeah, I said the word. Yeah, I said the word. Yeah, because we don't want to talk about that in church. But that's where we need to talk about it at. Yeah, where your child needs to hear about it, yeah, is not with their friends at their house. Yeah, they need to hear about it in, in a structured place where you can pull the right thing in them and keep the wrong thing out of them. Uh. <laughs> so sex isn't just a pleasurable recreational activity. It is the whole person connection between a husband and wife. A one flesh union between two sexually different persons. Notice I keep saying different. Yeah. Sex is such a powerful experience that marriage is the only container strong enough to hold it. I mean, it's powerful because the Bible talks about soul ties. That when you open yourself up, that well, you are creating a soul tie. You're creating a tie that's so hard that, that, that it seems sometimes that you can't get loose. That you created a tie that even though uh, the person misuses you and abuses you, yet you keep coming back because there's a tie there that you can't get out of. Uh, yeah. So any sexual activity outside of marriage, including adultery, premarital sex, cohabitation, same sex and sexual activities, and pornography violates Jesus' call upon those who are following him. I didn't say it, but the Bible said it. Glory to God. So it shouldn't be named among us as believers, as Christians, because, see, God wants us to have relationships that help us. And when you tie to the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, understand that damages, yeah, what God has intended and purpose for your life. It, it, it draws from you. I told you every relationship should be a relationship that brings life, that, that it, it causes you to flourish, not to bring death. And when you're in the wrong relationship and when the wrong thing is going on in these relationships, understand it causes Death. Yeah. Sometimes physically. But most of the time, spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, I told you. Oh. 
And she said, talk about it, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. I got something for you afterwards. Oh, my God. So the garden moment, be- the garden moment began to decline. 13. And disorder of social relationships that continue unto this day. Just take two bites. Two bites. Disrupted relationship. Two bites cause splinters and shame into the human race. And I like Adam and Eve. I, I mean, just like Adam and Eve, understand, we stand at our own tree. Yeah, we stand at our own tree, whether, yeah, it's the tree of pride. Yeah. Whatever situation and circumstances that we're going through in life, Understand, we're standing before that tree, whether it's a tree of greed, whether it's a tree of lust. And like Adam and Eve, we often believe the lie that we won't die. Yeah. But we got to understand that we will die. At some point in our life, if we're not careful, that if we don't come to Christ and we don't change our ways, if we don't mend those things that God is designed for us to mend, if we don't snip off those things that God desires us to snip off, understand, we're going to be headed the wrong way. But what I love about God is that he's always restoring relationships. That when Adam and Eve fractured their relationship with God, the Bible says that he came in the cool of the day. And he said, where are thou? Yeah, where are thou? Where art thou? God is asking that same question today. Where art thou? Where, where are you? Hey, where are you, Adam? Where, where are you, Eve? Where, where are you, David? Yeah, he's asking that same question. Put your name in there. He's asking. Yeah, and he's asking that not because he doesn't know, because he's not ignorant. But he wants us to see where we are. What condition am I, am I in? What, 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 what condition am I in? What fruit am I bearing? What, how, how am I dealing with the relationships that uh, you put into my life? God, God wants us. He, he wants us, yeah, to answer him. God was looking for a response from Adam and Eve. Where are thou? Because he wanted them to be able to tell him what happened. Can I suggest today that God wants to hear from us? He wants to hear what's happening in our life and what things that we're going through. Yeah, he, he wants to hear about them because he wants to bring healing and restoration to them. Because he doesn't want us to continue to perpetuate the same type of relationships in our life. Huh, that, 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 you know, you may have had a relationship with John or, your, or Sally and, and now you're in another relationship but you're treating it just like that person that you left. God does not want it that way. God wants our relationship to flourish. He wants us to go past that. I mean, so today God is calling uh, some of us to a new relationship with him. Maybe with this church, maybe with uh, a city group. Not, Not only that, but can I suggest that God wants to heal some of our relationships. Uh, that, that we've gone into a new year and hadn't changed the relationship and yet it's still hurting us. It hurt us in 2023 and now we're in 2024. We're feeling the same pain and hurt. God wants to bring healing and he wants to bring deliverance to those relationships. He wants to heal it because he doesn't want it to be a disease in our future. Uh, 
So, and I'm closing. He, he wants to heal us from the divorce. Yeah. He wants to heal us from that abusive relationship. He wants to heal us from that abuse that maybe we experience physically or emotionally. Maybe some leader or some person that you looked up to in your life, maybe they hurt you. God said, I, I want to bring healing to it. For somebody, healing is going to come by way of forgiveness. Yeah. You got to forgive them, even though they may not forgive you. See, because oftentimes we're holding our own self in prison while the person goes free. They're going on doing what they're doing, and, but yet we're harboring that thing that, that have hurt us deeply because truth of the matter is, I mean, we've all been hurt. But at some point of time in our life, we got to be able to release that thing in order to enjoy what God has next. Ah, yeah, what he has next in our life. Come on and rest on your feet. So I, I, I sense God trying to heal some relationships, whether it's with an aunt, whether it's with a child, whether it's with an uncle, a parent, a friend, a co-worker, a spouse. Uh, yeah, maybe it's with a sibling. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's with him. Maybe some of us have a fractured relationship with God. And we think God has forgot about us, but no. He sent this word to let you know that I'm thinking about you that I care about you, that I want to heal every fracture, every, every, every broken place that, you, that we've experienced. God wants to heal. Come on, altar workers. God wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration to it. So I don't know who I'm talking to up under the sound of my voice, but I hear God saying, I, I want to bring deliverance on today. I want to cause a, a healing to take place in your life in such a way, glory to God, that that you've been crying over, that that's kept you up at night, that that's been causing you to function lower than your potential. Maybe there's somebody up under the sound of my voice, you don't have a local assembly that you can call home. wants to bring you into his kingdom he wants to connect you with a local assembly and you want to make faith your home today would you come would you come with the be one home today glory to God you don't want to keep going through a, a year without a covering you need somebody that's going to pray with you going to fast with you going to believe with you two are better than one Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you today for what you've done in this place. Thank you for your word. Father, you see us. You see our relationships. God, you see the brokenness. You see the things that we've encountered. God, and we thank you for sending such a word. God, to help bring healing to those relationships. God, to help us snip off those things. God, to bring distraction and disruption. God, the disputes that we may harbor in our, in our heart against somebody. Father, we thank you today for release on today. God, that we may flourish and be everything that you called us to be. God, and what wasn't done in this place on today, God, I pray, God, that as we go throughout the week, oh God, that you will continue to deal with our hearts and our minds. 
God, that we would continue to snip and draw closer to you. God, and realize just how important our relation is, relationship is vertical as well as horizontal. So we thank you for your great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together in this house on today. What an awesome God we serve. I can't get the picture of the chicken and, and greens and stuff out of my, out of my, out of my mind. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. Everybody's doing okay on the fans? Everybody's doing okay? Amen. Amen. This week, amen, your three days is no liquid, I mean, only liquids until three o'clock. Yeah, I like that, until three. Yeah. Amen. Amen. We thank God. We're doing this, you know, just not out of form of fashion, um, but we need, I, I know I need something from God. Amen. I need to, for him to do some incredible things in 2024. Not only that, but I just want to draw closer to him. Amen. Amen. I want to know him. I want to really know him. Amen. Intimately. Amen. And sometimes it, you have to do the extreme to get the extreme. Amen. And I just thank God for all that he's doing. Amen. In and through our life, uh, doing the fast. I want to commend all those that came out this past Wednesday night. Amen. For our women's and our men's group. Amen. Thank you for coming. Amen. I think we had our biggest turnout. Amen. So glad to, to see each and every one of you uh, and just your posture uh, for 2024. Uh, you understand how vital it is, uh, connection is, how vital it is. And this Wednesday night is our Foundations 101. Foundations 101. Uh, so all of you that signed up, uh, make sure you're here uh, so that you can participate in that as well. Amen. All right. And I know we've been covering prayer, uh, talking about one of the things we've been talking about is influence, influence and the Clayton and surrounding area. I get the opportunity this, this coming week to sit down with the police chief uh, and another individual uh, that I mentioned uh, earlier last year. Um, we get to sit down and kind of talk uh, this week. Uh, so I want you to lift that up in prayer. Amen. Put some, some strong prayer on that. I believe God is going to do some great and mighty things in and through Faith City. Amen. You believe that? Amen. All right. Well, come on and rest on your feet on today. Again, we thank God for our guests that are here. Amen. Those that are first timers, we thank God for you. And those that are returning, uh, we definitely uh, thank God for you. Amen. All right. Let's pray. Father, we are honored today and thank you again for everything that you've done in this place. God, we pray that as we leave this place, but not your presence, that you would be with us. Unto him that is able to keep us from falling, present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy. To the only wise God be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forevermore. Let every heart say amen. Amen again. Amen to the glory of God. Have a blessed week on purpose.